Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, let's look to him now as we get ready to study. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to see the invisible by your Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis 30, verse 26. Jacob says, Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee, let me go. For thou knowest my servants which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. He said, Appoint me thy wages, I will give it. He said unto him, Thou knowest who I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me, for it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude, and the Lord has blessed thee since my coming, and now when shall I provide for mine own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I'll pass through all the flock today removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face. Every one that is not speckled, spotted among the goats, and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. Laban said, Behold, it might be according to thy word. He removed that day the he-goats that were ring-straked and spotted and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had some white in it and all the brown among the sheep, and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he said, three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Now, in our last study, what we did is we saw how Jacob, it's done. He's finished with the 14 years of promised service to Laban. He's put it all in. He's put his time in. He's taken care of Laban's flock. He promised he would do it. Actually, he promised he would do seven years for Rachel, but then he had to do another seven years for Rachel to get his wife. But who's counting? <laughs> Jacob was counting, and so is Laban. And during this time, Laban's flocks have increased greatly under the care of Jacob, and Laban hopes that, well, you know, he's got four local wives from Haran. He's got 11 sons that were born in Haran. Maybe somehow he just becomes so attached to Haran that he just wants to call this place his new home and stay and continue to take care of Laban's flocks. I mean, why change? It's been 14 years. Why have a disruption in what's in the routine? But that was not at all in Jacob's mind. And Jacob made this announcement to Laban, and this was the announcement that Laban was afraid of in verse 26 when he said, Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee. Thou knowest my service I have done to thee. That for Laban was a terrible day. It was the day he never wanted to hear Jacob say, Let me go. 
And so now Laban has to muster every ounce of persuasion, every argument that he can come up with to try to convince Jacob to stay. And so in verse 27, he starts and he says, if I have found favor in thine eyes. See, when he said that, if I have found favor in thine eyes, he's really pulling out all the stops, Laban is. Because what he's really saying is that, look, Jacob, if you've got any love for me at all in my heart, (laughs) please stay. That one didn't work. If that was the best that Laban could come up with, that's pretty weak. So... Because I mean, after because I mean, Laban has cheated Jacob terribly. It's really it wasn't a good move for Laban to pull out the "if you got any love in your heart for me" card. That that wasn't a good card. So probably when Laban said that to Jacob, Laban could read you know Jacob's body language, you know, just disgust. And so Laban had to quickly come up with his next argument, his next persuasion. And so now he pulls the Lord card. And he says in verse 27, I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. See, when he said, I have learned by experience, he used a word there, which translated learned by experience, he used the word nachash. Now, nachash is an interesting word in Hebrew because that's the same word that's used in Genesis 3.1 when it introduces the serpent that led Adam and Eve into sin. The serpent's called Nachash. That's the name of the serpent. It comes from the word shiny. So it really has the connotation of a shiny one, like the skin of a snake is very shiny, especially as it slithers along and it's shiny and the sun attracts off of it, the sun reflects off of it. And what he does, he just lures, that's what the snake does, he lures his victim to within striking distance. You know, when we lived in Lakeside with our 300 goats around our house, you know, several times the diamondback rattlesnake would, would get into a goat pen and it would slither around the ground and its shiny back, you know, it would reflect the sun, you know, and what would happen is that there would always be a goat that just said to itself, I got to go see what that is. And it would become attracted to it, and it would go investigate, and it would get closer, and it got within striking distance, then pow, just like that. Well, we didn't really see this, that part happen, but what we found when we went out the pen is there's the goat laying on the ground, panting, his neck's all swollen up, and he's panting for air, and eventually he dies after a few days. But it's that shiny allurement which is used to get the victim within striking range. That's the root of the meaning nakash. And that's why the serpent is called that in Genesis 3. Well, nachash in Hebrew is both a noun and a verb. And it's a noun, as we said here, meaning snake, but it's also the verb meaning to attract by allurement. And actually, in this case, it means also to divine or to consult the dark world. And the fact that Laban used the word nachash to describe the source of his information, it shows that Laban was in communication with the dark world through divination, through witchcraft. And nachash, that's popular today. That's popular. Every time you see a sign, you're driving down, you see a sign, psychic, psychic services. That's a place where nachash is used. 
to consult the dark world. And Laban consulted the dark world with these images that he had that are referred to in the next chapter in verse 19 when it says Laban went in to shear his sheep and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. See, those were the images that he used to nachash, to consult the dark world. Well, Haran was a place of witchcraft. It's no wonder that God wanted Jacob out of there. And so now Laban, he tries this one, and then he goes on, he's got another persuasion, and he says, oh, look, I'll make you a promise. I'll make you a promise in verse 28. He says, I'll make you a promise, Jacob. He says, you choose the wages, I'll give it. Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. Literally, in the Hebrew, in verse 28, what Laban says is, your wages be on me. You know, it's just like he walks into the restaurant. It's on me, you know. He says, it's on me. In other words, I will personally bear the burden of your wages. You name it, I'll pay it. And so Laban is saying to Jacob, fix your terms, fix the terms of the agreement. I'm telling you right now, I'll agree to it. I mean, who makes such an offer like that, you know? Who makes such an offer of agreeing to terms he's never heard of yet? You know, if we did it out of scanner bodies, <laughs> we said to our customers in negotiations, look, we just want to tell you we're coming into this negotiation, but we agree to the terms before you even hear what they are. If we did that, we'd be out of business. You know, <laughs> so Why do you think Laban made that offer to Jacob? Why do you think that Laban made the offer to agree to terms before he even heard what the terms were? Why do you think he did that? I know he wanted to persuade him, but what was he thinking, Laban? Come up with such a thing like that. Well, maybe. It's one possibility he had no intention. Yeah, he had no intention of giving Rachel after seven years. That's probably. But, you know, he'd also seen by experience that Jacob, you know, because he'd seen how Jacob had offered to work seven years for Rachel, Laban knew that Jacob's terms would, would actually cost Laban very little. And, and because of this, this was his strategy, this was also kind of a Nachash strategy of luring Jacob in close to within striking range. And Jacob had seen Laban use this strategy in the past with the agreement for getting Rachel as his wife because he had said in the, the previous chapter, verse 15, Genesis 29, 15, Laban said unto Jacob, because thou art my brother, shouldst thou therefore serve me for not? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? So, Laban's used this before, and when Jacob hears this, he says, you know, I heard that before. <laughs> he says, I remember that. Probably didn't have the intention of ever fulfilling it. But only this time, only this time, little buddy boy Jacob, he's ready for Laban. And Jacob has thought this through already. And now Jacob's, he's got in mind to trap Laban. Now it's Jacob's turn to set the stage. And so he says in verse 29, thou knowest how I have served thee. See, notice he doesn't start by telling Laban what he has done while working for Laban, but he starts by calling Laban's attention to how he has worked for Laban. So he doesn't start with what of his service, what he accomplished, but he starts with how. Because Jacob says that the how of his service is described as one simple phrase. He said, the how was thy cattle was with me. Thy cattle was with me. It's very important because it describes to us how Jacob worked with Laban's herd. See, what Jacob was saying, that, that he, you know, he wasn't just an eight-to-five employee. 
you know, Laban, who, who went to the flocks that he had to, and he really didn't care. He says, well, you know, whatever happens after five, that's chance. But, you know, I work eight to five. But he says, no, he says, the, the how I served you, in verse 20, was thy cattle was with me. See, he was saying that he viewed Laban's cattle, like it's like his whole family, like they were his own. He lived with Laban's cattle. Laban's cattle were with Jacob. And in the next chapter, sort of expanding on what he is saying here, in the next chapter when Jacob then explains to his wives how he worked for Laban, their father, Jacob will say in Genesis 31, 6, ye know that with all my power I have served your father. So these statements in verse 29, thy cattle was with me in Genesis 31, 6, with all my power I have served, they build for us a picture of the kind of worker that Jacob was for Laban. They also build a picture of the kind of worker that God wants us to be. You know, there's a phrase in the Bible that's used as a warning and it describes the kind of employees we should be and we should not be. And it's used in, in Ephesians 6, 5 through 7. Ephesians 6, 5 through 7. It says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and tremble. And here's a phrase, in singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service to the Lord, not to men. And then the same statement is picked up in Colossians 3.22. Colossians 3.22 where it says, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in single pleasers, and in singleness of heart fearing God. See, that's the phrase. Not with eye service as men pleasers. That's the warning. But instead, the singleness of heart, like serving Christ, that's how uh, the encouragement. We're told to serve with singleness of heart as unto Christ. To see work as being given to us by the Lord, by the Lord Jesus, and to work as unto him. That was Jacob. So Jacob describes, first of all, this how of his work for Laban. Thy cattle was with me. And now he goes on to describe the what, the next part, the what, or the results, in verse 30. For it was little which thou hast before I came, and now increased unto a multitude, and the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. Bless me since thy coming. See, Jacob is now looking at the results of his work, and he describes it as, it is now increased unto a multitude. See, those, those words, increased unto a multitude, are one Hebrew word, paratz, paratz. It's used in Proverbs 3.10, where it says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. See, the presses shall burst out, parats, with new wine. That's a picture of breaking forward, of not being able to contain it, an explosion of new wine. And Jacob's saying, this is what's happened. This is what happened since I came. The cattle has just parats. They've broken forth in, in such an increase. But... Jacob is careful to give God the glory as he doesn't say, I did it. I did it all, and God had nothing to do with it. See, Jacob is saying that, yes, he did put all of his power into it, but it was the Lord that blessed to make it all happen. That's very important the way he put that because the way Jacob has put that in verse 30, it's a beautiful mixture of God's blessing with human effort 
when Jacob says, the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. See, when it says since my coming, literally in the Hebrew, he said, at my foot. See, the Lord has blessed thee at my foot or with my foot. It means the diligent work that he did. And it's a phrase, at my foot, with my foot, is a phrase which is used to describe hard work. As a matter of fact, it's a phrase that Moses used to describe to the Jewish people what they did in Egypt. And it says in Deuteronomy 11.10, Deuteronomy 11.10, Moses said, for the land where thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt, and now he's gonna describe the land of Egypt, from whence ye came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot. A garden of herbs. So that was the, in other words, he was saying to Israel, he said, look, the land of Canaan is gonna be much easier for you, much less work for you compared where you're not gonna have to water the seed with your foot, such hard work. Well, Jacob says that the Lord blessed Laban with Jacob's foot since his coming, with his foot. In other words, he put in a lot of work and God blessed But Jacob had to put in a lot of work in order for God to bless. As it says in Psalm 127.1, which is actually Solomon's psalm, talk about a person who did a lot of work. And Solomon said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. See, we labor to build, but in the end, we look to the Lord to bless And that's the balance between work and God's blessing. And that's the beauty of the phrase in verse 30, the Lord hath blessed thee at my foot. At the coming, my coming. All right, so Jacob, he's learned to play the same game that Jacob has played with him. And so Jacob has has fixed Laban's attention on all that Laban has gained by Jacob coming. See, and now Jacob's luring Laban in. You know, and now he comes up and says, oh, but you know, I have a little problem. At the end of verse 30, he says, now when shall I provide for mine own house also? In other words, verse 30, Jacob is asking Laban, when, when? I've been spending 14 years here, but now when, when's my time? And he's telling Laban that he has nothing to show for all the time he's worked for Laban. And if he spends more time working for Laban, when? Jacob says, well, he have time to provide for his own family, see? So Laban He still avoids making any offer to Jacob. He's waiting for Jacob to fix the terms for his continued service. In verse 31, he says, what shall I give thee? And that's exactly where Jacob wants to have Laban. You know, he's kind of like salivating, you know? And so this is a real cat and mouse game here. You know, this is a a cat and mouse negotiation where Jacob is thinking, you know, he has Laban. Because Laban is asking, what shall I give thee? He's really wanting. And Laban is thinking that he has Jacob because Jacob has talked about his need to provide for his own house. So it's gotten intense and both parties are just eyeing each other. And now it's time for Jacob to make his move. So Jacob makes his move with the introduction to his proposal in verse 31 where he says, thou shalt not give me anything. Well, he's learned how to negotiate with Laban. Jacob has learned that the only person Laban cares about is Laban. And so he's choosing his words that are really pushing Laban's happiness button. (laughs) He said those words, and Laban, when he said, thou shalt not give me anything, Laban lit up with a smile. He thought, oh, wow. Now that's what I like to hear, Laban's thinking, you know. I like to hear that I don't have to give anything to Jacob. So now, you know, Jacob, he's got the hook set. 
now in, in Laban. He's telling Laban, I don't want anything from you, you know, since God has blessed you. And so he's telling him, what Jacob is telling Laban is that, Laban, old Powell, buddy, you can just keep all that God has blessed you with. I don't want any part of that. You know? And he makes this provision in verse 30, if, if thou wilt do this thing for me. He's really drawing him in. You know, what is it? What is it? So at the end of verse 31, he says, if you do this thing for me, I will, it says in the English here, I will again feed and keep thy flock. Now, the way that Jacob has said that in the Hebrew, it could have been Shakespeare that said that. It's so rhythmic. It's so elegant. It's so beautiful because all he does is he just says three words. And there's just a simple elegance to the way he says these three words. Return, so that's what they meant by, again, return, feed, guard. And so what Jacob says, it's like, it's beautifully written. Shub ra'ah shamar. That's what he says. Return, feed, guard. Shub ra'ah shamar. It's almost as beautiful as day unto day and night unto night, the way he says it. But he says, I will return. I will feed. I will guard. So now he's using some poetry here, poetic style here, to really draw Laban in. He's going, oh, that's so good. So Jacob has promised now to stay, to, to return. Because he says, I'm already out my, halfway out the door, but I'll turn around. I'll return, and I'll feed, and I'll guard your flocks, and I'll give you your flocks just like I did in the past if you agree to my plan, okay? And so he says, okay, here's his plan. So he says in verse 32 to 33 is his plan. He says, I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled, you know, a little like salt and peppered, and spotted, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come when it shall come from my hire before thy face. Everyone that's not speckled or not spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. In other words, so, you know, what did he just say? <laughs> that's the thing, you know, what did maybe Laban was, no, Laban, he understood immediately what he was saying, but we don't understand. So, okay, so what has Jacob proposed to Laban? Well, first, we need to understand in this proposal, even though you know, it's stated here, how long Jacob agreed to stay with Laban and take care of his flocks. Not stated here, but you look in the next chapter in verse 41 and you tell me, how long did Jacob stay with Laban? Total of, yeah, but from this point on. How much extra time? How much extra time? That's it, six, yeah. Because 14 plus six is 20. So, isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. 14 plus six is 20. Last time I checked it was. I have a calculator. Anyway, it's six more years. So he's proposing six years. Okay, now, we got the time in our mind, six years. Now, there are two parts to his proposal. See, now, now, first of all, in the understanding of this proposal, we need to understand, in the Middle East, goats are black. Goats are not white in the Middle East. That's Scandinavia. Those are Sonnen goats. Goats are black in the Middle East, okay? They're, they're black, and virtually all the goats are black, and the sheep are white. Sheep are white here. Sheep are white in the Middle East. That part we get. Okay, so virtually all of the sheep are white. Virtually all of the goats are black. It's extremely rare to find a brown or a salt and peppered speckled or a spotted sheep. That's like unheard of. It's extremely rare to find goats in the Middle East that are spotted or speckled. Okay? 
And among Laban's flock, there were very, very few of these sheep that were not white. And so we'll call them the non-white sheep. It's easier than saying spotted and speckled, non-white, anyway. But they didn't do it that way, so it doesn't matter. And of those goats, it's very rare to find the goats that were not black. So those goats we'll call non-black goats. So Jacob said that his hire, that what he wanted for taking care of Laban's flocks is going to have two parts. And in verse 32 is the first part of the proposal. Verse 33 is the second part. So verse 32, the first part of his proposal is that he would immediately go through the flock and he would gather up this infinitesimally small number of goats that were not black and the very small number of sheep that were not white. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries, reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org.